Follow your heart. This is our world's advice. And this phrase sounds really nice, really inviting and encouraging. It's quite the contrast to what the Bible says, which could be summed up to say, give your heart to Jesus and follow Him. Follow your heart or give your heart to Jesus and follow Him. These two phrases aren't just two pieces of advice. These are belief systems, and they each lead in entirely opposite directions. What we do with our hearts is the most important decision we'll make in life. Our heart decision is the foundation of every other decision. Because this is so important, the Family Disciple Me ministry is doing this series called The Mind, Heart, Body Decisions. And the first conversation in this discipleship series is about our hearts. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was very young, but I had this moment along the way as a teenager when I unexpectedly realized that I was taking my heart back from Him. In this podcast, I want to tell you this story because I think it highlights the daily decision each of us makes with our own hearts if we're going to love God and follow Him wholeheartedly. After you listen to this podcast, you can find the link to the discipleship conversation that goes along with it in the show notes. I'm going to cue the intro, and then we'll be right back to see what the Bible says about our hearts. In a world filled with a lot of talk, the Family Disciple Me ministry encourages intentional, meaningful, biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. In these drastically changing times, Join us as we discuss the eternal truths of God's Word and relevant topics, as well as how to engage the next generation about these. It's true, discipleship starts with a conversation. So let's jump into a conversation starter right now. When did you give your heart to Jesus? I gave my heart to Jesus as a child. That was a simple decision. A decision of childlike faith that set the course for my life. As the years passed, I decided that I was never going to take my heart back from him. As a middle schooler, a high schooler, I just loved him and followed him. Until one day, I didn't any longer. It happened just after my junior year in high school. I had given Jesus everything, all of me. I wasn't following my heart like the world suggested even back then. I was following Him. I was living a life of holiness and purity. I obeyed my parents. I worked hard in school. I went on missions trips and memorized scripture and did all the things that a good Christian girl should. Surely, I thought, that was loving Jesus with all my heart. And surely, as a result, I reasoned He would give me what I wanted too. Seemed like a good trade-off to me. Then there came the day that I entered the National Pro-Life Oratorical Competition. I wrote a speech about infanticide, and I entered the regional competition, and I won. Then I went to the Virginia State Competition, and guess what? I won there, too. 
that qualified me to go to compete at the national level. My mother, sisters, and I drove up to the D.C. area for the competition. It was quite the event for us. I delivered my speech perfectly. I felt so good about it. And, well, I have to say, I started planning how I could use the $1,000 prize. My family, well, they affirmed that my speech had been the best too. And when the awards ceremony came, we were confident that this was going to be an amazing moment. However, the award for first prize was given to the girl next to me. I'd heard her speech. In my opinion, it wasn't nearly as articulate, powerful, or interesting as mine. I wasn't just defeated. I was humiliated. If only my emotions had stopped there, It might have been okay. Disappointments, well, they happen in life. And that was a big one for 17-year-old me who had really big hopes and dreams. The problem is my goal issue became a God issue. And the God issue affected my heart. We'd hardly returned home from D.C. before my emotions, well, they turned to anger. Anger at God. I had put him first place, but he hadn't put me in first place. So in the depths of my heart, I deliberately decided I was no longer going to live for him or follow him. I was taking back my heart. Have you ever had a moment like that? I'm sure you have. It probably had nothing to do with a speech competition, but I'm sure it had everything to do with something that really mattered to you. You gave your heart to Jesus and you chose to follow him. But as you're following him, all of a sudden what you really want, be that a first place prize or a relationship or a way of life or a sexual encounter, or an identity, or heart desire, or whatever, well, it is all of a sudden very apparent that what you really want is more important to you than what Jesus has for you. So you follow your heart. You and I, we both, we begin to do the very thing that the world tells us to do. And let's face it, following our hearts is way easier than following Jesus. For me, this looked like an internal rebellion that began to simmer. Whereas I had done my devotions and read my Bible daily, when I began to follow my heart, I quit reading my Bible. I still showed up at church because that's what my family did back in those days, but I didn't worship. I looked like a good Christian girl on the outside, but on the inside, I was just mad. There was a battle going on for my heart, and though it may seem trite now, the enemy won that battle in my life because I lost a speech competition. Truth is, there's a battle going on for all our hearts, and as you and I well know, for the hearts of the next generation. We live in a world that says, follow your heart, focus on your hopes and wishes, Don't worry about what the Bible says, but what you feel in your heart. Do whatever makes your heart happy, be it about your sexuality or your gender or identity or relationship or job or hopes or wishes or whatever other decision you face. Our society says that our hearts are trustworthy to guide us. 
By contrast, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Our hearts, my friend, are the battleground. And that word all is the battle line. You see, while the world says, follow your heart, God says, set our hearts fully on him. It's two radically different directions and ways of life. And our choice about this affects everything else about our lives. Jesus tells us to love him, not just with some of our hearts, but with all of our hearts. He wants us to make him the center of everything in our lives. The world says to do one thing with our hearts, while God and his word tells us to do something so different. Jesus' command sets an entirely different trajectory, and it matters. And here's why. The world tells us to let our hearts guide us in everything. But the Bible says the heart is deceitful and wicked. The world tells us to trust our hearts, but Jesus said, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimonies, slander. That's what's recorded in Matthew 15. And then the book of Mark adds that Jesus said that out of our hearts also come greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, arrogance, and folly. Ah, there it was that summer after my junior year of high school. I'd given my heart to Jesus as a little girl, but as a 17-year-old, the envy, the arrogance, and the folly bubbled up out of my heart, so much so that I turned my back on him and started following my heart. Really, all the follow-your-heart philosophy of the world, it sounds great. It makes for wonderful Pinterest pins and social media posts, but we have to choose who we're going to believe. Either we love God with all our hearts and follow him, or we follow our hearts and let them lead us to their own ends. Now, we may not believe or may no longer believe what Jesus and his word says. And that's a choice every single person gets to make. You get to make that choice. Your spouse gets to make that choice. Your kids get to make that choice. However, if we call ourselves Christ followers, we should probably pay attention to what he says in his word. The fact is, the Bible is full of references to our hearts. One really interesting thing that you can do is go to BibleGateway.com and type in the word heart into the search system. Spend about 10 or 15 minutes just scrolling through all the references about what the Bible says about our hearts. When you finish that, tell me, who are you going to believe about your heart? The world? Our society, media, culture? our educational system, or God? Are we going to follow our hearts or follow him with all our hearts? It is so much easier to put anything else first place in our hearts other than God. For me, going after the wind that year when I was 17, or going after power, going after money, identity, going after social media likes, going after sex, Influence, health, fitness, control, whatever it is, all these will happily take first place in our hearts, even first place in hearts that we've supposedly given to Jesus. We can follow our hearts to any of these things our whole lives long, or we can love God 
and follow Him with all our hearts. Thing is, for those who set their hearts on God, listen to what He promises with all His heart. The prophet Jeremiah recorded God saying, They will be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action, so that all will then go well for them and for their children. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me, so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and all my soul. Ah, to be planted somewhere means that we have to wait for the good to come. To experience the goodness of God's heart means trusting His heart even when we don't understand it. To have singleness of heart and action means that we don't walk away from following our Lord and Savior, even when life is hard, disappointing, challenging, even when our questions don't have answers, even when our desires are pulling us a thousand different ways. I think it's really amazing that God says that He will rejoice in doing us good when we follow Him. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. As a 17-year-old girl, I wrestled hard with my rebellion that summer. Nobody on the outside ever knew, but God totally knew. And He kept wooing me, and His Spirit kept calling me. The thing about God is, and (laughs) I'll admit this makes me so emotional, He loved us first, and He loves us most, even when I most deliberately decided I was not going to love him first anymore, he still loved me. He still called to my heart to come back to my first love, to come back to him. And friend, he loved you first too. He loves you more than you could ever love him. His love for you is not in question, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what else is coming at you, no matter what else is calling you to come to it, what's in question for you, for me, for our kids, for our families, for every person who's ever lived is, will we love and follow him with all our hearts? Here's how we can know the answer to that question. We will know we love and we follow him with all our hearts when we can say in truth and sincerity this, I love Jesus more than me. I'm going to say that again. I love Jesus more than me. Then let's take that statement one step further. Take out the word me and put in the thing that you really want. I love Jesus more than getting that first place prize. I love Jesus more than that sexual encounter I'm scheming about. I love Jesus more than figuring out how to change my identity. I love Jesus more than getting social media likes. I love Jesus more than dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. We can know we love him with all our hearts when we love him more than anything else about our lives. 
This affects every decision, every trajectory, every thought of our minds and actions of our bodies, which we'll talk about more in the next couple discipleship conversations. This decision about our hearts affects where we're heading and where we end up. As a teenager, it took me all of two weeks before I gave my heart back to God. I'll admit, I was kind of like the disciples who Jesus asked, will you leave me too? And they replied, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. In that two weeks of rebellion, I honestly couldn't figure out a better option than Jesus. And so I went back to him and gave my whole heart back to him. I find that even today, decades later, that is a daily decision that I choose to love him more than anything else about my life, that I love him more than my selfish desires, that I love him more than my desire for control, that I love him more than I love my weariness or my vanity or my envy or anything else. I love him most and I follow him deliberately before I follow myself. This week, I encourage you to think about that very same thing. Spend some devotional time thinking about who or what truly has your heart. Did you give it to Jesus? When? Did you give all of it to him? Did you let him keep it? Or did you take it back? Or have you taken it back? Has your heart become divided? Or is it wholehearted for him? Spend some time pondering this and examining your own heart. Then, after you spend devotional time pondering this, I encourage you to have some discipleship moments. Speak up to those entrusted to you. Engage the conversation about how, when, why they gave their hearts to Jesus. Even if you know the story, ask them to talk to you about it again. And then, ask that heart check question. Can you say, I love Jesus more than me. Maybe as you dig into the reality of the hearts of those entrusted to you, this may be the moment you realize they haven't given their hearts to Jesus. I want to encourage you to lean into that. Talk to those you love about what it means to give their hearts to Jesus and how to do that. This may be the day of their salvation. If you lean into that conversation and you find yourself struggling with how to tell them more about giving their hearts to Jesus, reach out to us. Send me an email at tasha at familydiscipleme.org and let me help you guide your family through that. This is the most important decision any of us can ever make is who we will give our hearts to. And then second most is, will we continue to follow that path of loving Jesus most with all our hearts. King Solomon, he perhaps said it best, above all else, guard your heart, for your heart is the wellspring of life. Oh friend, may you listen and be wise and set your heart on the right path. May you choose that path of following Jesus with your whole heart in his name for your good and his glory. Go with God, my friend. Consider the path of your heart in Jesus' name. Until next time, God bless you.